It's the Listen In Podcast with Jake and Sean. We're a music podcast. Jake, we talk about music. We do, and sometimes we go off the rails a little bit and we, we do. talk about other things. If you listen to this episode, that might happen. It might. So prepare yourself for it. We like to have fun. We like to talk about different things. We have many varied interests, Jake. But you know what? I'll tell you one thing. Here's my interest for this week. It's this new Lucy Dacus, Phoebe Bridgers, Julian Baker collab, Boy Genius. Boy Genius has been the toast of the week for us. <laughs> it really has. It really, a lot of text messages back and forth between you and I. Yeah. So this is a cool sort of project that evidently sprung up from the three of them were touring together. Yeah. They decided they wanted to collaborate on like a seven inch record, like put out a couple songs. Yep. I think at the time, maybe the idea was just to do a split and yeah. like do a little bit of each of their stuff. And they got together, started working on stuff. Started thought, vibing. Yeah. They, started, they figured, you know, what the heck? Why don't we make this a real band? Um, and I think we've talked before about how kind of cool the lead up to this has been filled with hype. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about it. I think I, I like how much thought they've put into yep. The brand, Boy Genius, is a cool band name. Yes. It's a rare, all lowercase band name I actually like. Yes. Um, and the album cover and the whole look is cool. They Very do the sort of black mir- and white. mirroring of the Crosby, Stills, and Nash, yes. which was a super group then. Um, yeah, man. I and, and the music hasn't disappointed either. No. So I remember when the singles came out and we listened. And I think, what were the singles, Jake? It was Bite, Bite the Hand, Me and My Dog, and Stay Down. I... Uh, or what's the other Julian one on the second half? Salt in the Wound. Was it that? No. Uh, see, I don't remember now. But I don't either. Anyways, when those singles came out, we were like, "Ooh, these are these are really good." And and you always worry, Jake, with these collaborations that they're never going to be as good as you want them to be, or as you hope they'll be, or you know, the sum of the parts won't equal the 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 parts themselves. This is not the case. I would even say jake and this might be a half-baked hot take this might be the best release that any of them have put out this might be the strongest output of any of theirs and i i'm saying that as somebody who loves sprained ankle by julian baker who has continued to go back to listen to stranger in the alps who's a big fan of lucy docks's two albums boy genius might be the strongest release yeah, out of I, any of those. Yeah, I, I think it's the one that I have already in the first week or so that we've had it. It's the one I've wanted to listen to yeah. the most. It's it's very, very cool to hear all their different voices on here. Yes. Um, they're doing cool stuff. I think Bite the Hand, the opening track, while there's plenty of, of awesome tracks mm-hmm. uh, on this pretty short EP, six songs, 21 minutes, yeah. um, Bite the Hand remains my favorite, and I think it's an awesome showcase of their three voices, which complement each other really well. Um, they do interesting things with harmonies. They do cool interplay between their different voices and, and trading verses. Um, and I think they all come across really strong here. Um, yeah. In particular, I think Lucy Dacus shines on this album. Let me ask you this, Jake. Who won the album? Who wins the album out of the three of them? That's really, really hard to say. I, but, but in my opinion, it is Lucy because she, I think, has 
the voice on this album that just it seems to just mm. cut through when she comes in. Bite the Hand, in my opinion, is maybe the strongest song. I it, think it's the best song. Yeah, and, and her voice on those verses, like when she's singing, like here's the first part distilled for you. Yeah, yeah. and like the, you got the other two harmonizing behind that, Ugh. but her voice, she is this like smoky, so very smoky, like very sort of almost old timey yes. vocal delivery, and it just cuts right through. Yep. Um, Look, I think that both Phoebe and Julian have great showings on this album, too. I agree. But I it did feel, especially in the first listen, because I, I, one of the things I was very interested in going in was who's going to stand out. Because on, on releases like this, it can't be a, an even three-way split. Someone's going to have to stand out. Now, I think Julian is maybe the most famous out of this group, or has, be- say, or has become the biggest. We had this discussion. We did when we this did. album was was announced, and I remember at the time we said that, and we realized actually Phoebe has more listens on Spotify. That's true. Than That's Julian. true. Just the one album, though. Right. So but I think I think it probably is Julian who's most famous. I think you're right, and I kind of expected Julian to maybe take like the 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 driver's seat on this one. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I thought Lucy would maybe dip to the back a bit. She's front and center, and I love it because, like, some of my favorite moments, not just songs, but, like, moments are her moments on this album. You mentioned uh, Bite the Hand. Like, yeah. her voice just sounds fucking amazing. It sounds great. But then if you go to um, the song Souvenir, which, yeah. for my money, Jake, is it's right there with Bite the Hand. Because yep. as good as Bite the Hand is, that feels more just like a Lucy song than yeah. it does. Of course, you're getting those harmonies with everybody. But on Souvenir, all three of them are trading off verses. Yep. And I love the way that Lucy comes in on the third verse on that, where she's talking about pulling thorns out of my palm. Yeah. Work a midnight surgery. The, that little melody where she's saying it like that it cuts me every time. I'm just like, oh, damn, sing it, Lucy. Like, yeah. God damn, this is good. What I, what I really appreciate is that they each have such distinctive vocal styles yes yeah uh, uh, among them and i think why, one reason why lucy cuts through the mix more than anyone else is that hers is i think the most distinct i would agree like especially on the true collab songs yeah where it's really the three of them going together yep julian and phoebe they sound distinct for sure and they don't have the same voice like julian has a very distinct way of saying and i don't think phoebe bridger sings the exact same way but their voices as background vocalists can yep. sound more similar yeah, totally. than different. And, and and Lucy Dacus is on a whole other wavelength yes. in terms of the way she sings. Now, let's not shortchange Julian and Phoebe here. Because nope. to be honest with you, Phoebe, I, I love Phoebe Bridgers, A. B, Jake, I love her on this album, in particular on Me and My Dog. I think that awesome. song's amazing. That's like to me the purest Phoebe. That's song. That's so Phoebe, and that, that's basically just a Phoebe song. Like I don't even think there's so everyone's on the chorus, but like it's mostly just Phoebe. And I just I love I love the line of the like where it comes in where she's like I want to be emaciated. I want to hear one song without thinking of you. I wish I was on a spaceship, just me and my dog in an impossible view. Awesome. Like that's such an awesome like build to that song. And then again on uh, I had mentioned Souvenir before, um Phoebe's verse on Souvenir yeah. is like it sounds impossibly sad. There's like so much space 
in between her lines on it and you get like that finger picked guitar in the background and it, it's just it's only a few lines but she's talking about how always managed to move in right next to cemeteries and never far from hospitals i don't know what that tells you about me but like the pauses she takes and the way her voice just sounds so fragile there yeah it's beautiful so in terms of what's just the best song yeah i think bite the hand but my favorite moments, I think, are, are on Souvenir. On Souvenir. Yeah. That one's been coming on strong for me lately. Um, it's, it's not my favorite song. I don't think it's one of the best songs, necessarily. But I've been really digging just what they're doing on Ketchum ID. That yeah, last track. I know. They're doing a little, like, Fleet Foxes type yeah. of deal. And it's very cool to hear how their voices... They're doing a, tr- a true three-part harmony yes. on that. And it's really cool to hear them doing it in that style, like kind of Crosby, Stills, and Nash style. Yes. Where you can, I think, hear Julian doing the very high part, Phoebe taking the middle, and Julie, uh, and sorry, low, um, Lucy taking the low end. Yep. Um, which I think is super cool. And I, I just, I sort of, I think like a big takeaway for me on this, and I was reading a, 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 an oral history I just skimmed today on, I think it was Vogue Yeah. about this, and Lucy uh, Dacus had a quote about, you know, I like. I think the fact that we're three women is the most boring thing about yes. this. Like, I don't yeah, think I read that, that should too. be the story. Yep. And I, I gotta say, like, I was excited about this, not necessarily just because they were all women. I think there's an interesting duality in the fact that they kind of mirror the CSN thing. Yeah. With and it's like those are three guys; these are three women. That, but that's not yep. the most important thing. Like when when I think about this, I'm like, these are just three kind of like heroes of mine. Oh yeah, three dude! Awesome songwriters, totally. because and singers. We have seen all three of these women on tour in some capacity either opening or playing very small shows over the last couple years and it's been really exciting to get to see their careers develop and kind of explode in the in the indie world uh and and not like to your point not even that they're women they're just three of the i think best songwriters singer songwriters going right now in in the indie world and it's so cool to me that it seems like and again this is only a brief ep Seems like they've done an effective job of keeping ego to the side and really making the best product. Because not that really I, I don't think any of them have like ego to well, to leave at the door, but I think to a certain degree, if you're a singer or performer who has gotten even as successful as they are, as they are, I don't know why I threw an H in front mm-hmm. of R, mm-hmm. you have some level of ego. Like you're like this is good enough where people will like it, right? So I'm gonna do it, and right. like so you've got to set aside creative differences at the very least. True. Well, it seems like they're all good friends. They all worked really well together, better than they even expected to. Right. Let me ask you this, Jake. Do you think we're going to get another Boy Genius collaboration? Or is this going to go down in history as like, whoa, like that was an amazing EP. We like everyone's going to want more. And maybe 15, 20 years down the road, they do a tour together again and maybe put out something else. My honest, like jaded thing that I think will happen is they'll put out a full length that won't be as consistent and yeah. it will then stop. Well, I, uh, the follow-up I was going to ask you is, so there's only six songs. I think the feeling is, oh, I wish there was more. But do you think in this case there could be too much of a good thing? Whereas do you think if this was longer than six songs, maybe the ideas run thin after a while? Tough to say because, I mean, they are three very talented songwriters so i think they could come up with more quality stuff it depends i think what it comes down to is sort of like how much are they willing to 
give up songs that they would rather have be their own solo material. Yeah, that's a good like, point. Because I think they're going to usually save their very favorites yeah. for that, unless they have Boy Genius become the well, real primary thing, which I doubt. That's why I was sort of, su- not surprised, but I was I was surprised at the quality, because I, w- I was thinking, especially with Bite the Hand, I was like, well, Lucy, why don't you just save that for your next record? Or Wouldn't be the same, though. Phoebe, why? that's true. Phoebe, why don't you just keep me and my dog that's the one where i feel like you could have just kept me and my dog for whatever your next thing is yeah maybe and it, but i think it is it's cool that they brought these to each other I agree. and said like hey let's work on these and see what we come up with completely agree um so yeah man i've been very excited about this and, album. and i feel last thing on it i feel like every year there's at least one ep that comes along that's just like damn yeah. This is so easy to put on and just listen to over and over again. Last year, I think there was actually two. A- a- last year, there was that Rolling Blackouts, Coastal Fever EP. Yeah. And then there was that Fire is Motion EP oh, that yeah. I actually gave a listen to today because I got into it around this time last I year. I kind of forgot about that album. It's, it's really good. It's so good, man. Go back and listen to that. But this is definitely this year's version of yeah. of that. And I, I just love when these EPs come out of nowhere. What's cool about it, too, really quick, is it's like it has this sort of you know, it's a it's a super group, but it's like a very human super group. It's yeah. not like people. It's not like people yep. who I think seem unapproachable no. or like so famous that right. they're. But it, but it is sort of a super group of its own right. kind, and it's one that I really want to root for. Do you remember when we saw Phoebe Bridgers open for Julian Baker? Yeah, yes. year, like almost two years ago now. Yeah, that like can you believe? They've reached the heights that they have at this point. It's so. Cool. I actually can. I I can't. Like when I saw that show that night, I was like, "Wow!" Obviously, Julian's already doing big things, but I saw Phoebe Bridgers and I was like, pretty blown away by her performance that night, and immediately like sought her out yeah. and and listened to that. Uh, I think like the that Killer EP the or killer whatever, EP, yeah. and then some of her stuff on just SoundCloud, which I never do for anybody. She was good and she was funny too. She on was, stage. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So I, I'm very happy that this is as good as it is, um, and excited to listen more. Jake, we have a few more new releases to get to here. Yeah. Let's talk about Cloud Nothings. Let's do it. New record. So this came out actually a couple weeks ago, and uh, we, we took a week off from the show because we had uh, a wedding to go to. I started a new job. Life got in the way, as it has a lot this year. This uh, has been, been a big year. This has been the... Uh... The spottiest year of the listening has, podcast in has. terms of just pure number of episodes and consistency of yes, episodes. Yes, um, uh, but you know what's uh, not spotty, Jake, is the consistency of Cloud Nothings. Agreed. And so for us, so this is for us effectively since I've never listened to that Cloud Nothing self-titled. Have you? I have not actually. Um, for us, it's effectively their one, two, three, four, fourth pure Cloud Nothings album since we've been listening to them. And um, you know what? Did you ever listen to that Waves and Cloud Nothings collaboration? I was about to no say. Life for Me? Yeah, and it's pretty it's good. It's really good. It is really good. Um, and I think, like, I remember, so Attack on Memory came out a handful of years ago. And since then, yeah. I think we've both been, like, in on Cloud Nothings much more so. or less. I don't know that I've ever had an album that I liked as immediately or purely as much as Attack on Memory, but I've liked all of them very much in yeah. different ways. Yep. Um, if I were to rank... The the three before this, before Last Building Burning, I, I put Attack on Memory as the strongest, definitely. Then I put Life Without Sound, actually, as being more consistent than Here and Nowhere Else. However, I, I will say Here and Nowhere Else has a few of my very favorite Cloud Nothing songs. Yeah, I, for me, Here and Nowhere Else, despite all of the hype it got and all of the great... I think Ian Cohen gave it like an 8.7 in Pitchfork. Mm. It got a lot of really positive attention. 
never totally clicked for me and never totally did it for me in the same way that Attack on Memory did or in the same way that Life Without Sound eventually did because Life Without Sound, I agree, is my second favorite too and it's it's full of just these really catchy sort of earworm songs. There's a couple of inconsistencies here and there. I challenge you, Jake, over the next week or two. Yeah. Go back and listen to Here and Nowhere Else. I will say it's it's not as consistent as Attack on Memory or, or the last record, but the songs Now Herein, psych, uh, Psychic Trauma... Yep. Um, no thoughts, and I'm not part of me are always up there them. with with any of their other stuff. I'm not throwing any shade at those songs, which I yep. I did well, always. It's like. feeling cool in the shade, so right. Yeah, it feels like you're <laughs> taking it as a shot at you. <laughs> Anyways, this new record, Jake, Last Building Burning, yeah, came out a couple weeks ago, and I have to say, because I've been so excited about um the Boy Genius EP, and I've still been giving a lot of listens to Kurt Vile. Um, and listening to a few other things, this has kind of fallen through the cracks for me. Yep. I think I've only listened three or four times. That being said, I have liked it. It is the most unrelenting and aggressive beginning to a Cloud Nothings album that I can think of, and that's kind of saying something. With On an Edge. With On an Edge. That song is like... It, it's tough. Like it's it's at about the speed of some of those really fast instrumental songs they do, and it's unrelenting in terms of its dissonance and like it has that a truly punk type of chord just, progression going. It just on. immediately kicks in with no warning, and it does not let up the whole time, and you're just left to catch up. Which, and I think that's a tough way to start the album. I'm not gonna lie. It is. It's a cool creative move. I it think, is. No, I agree. But it's more. I think that's the point. Yeah, it is more that than it is something I'm always in the mood for, and it has actually been a hindrance to me, even though I think once on an edge clicks, and it gets to that part near the end where it all kind of drops into that really catchy, yeah. like, punk riff. Yeah. It kind of felt like, there. it was like, here's this disturbing, dark cloud that we're emerging out from. Yeah. And now, he, like... Click now we're cloud nothing. Yeah, Here you yeah, go. exactly. And then you go into leave him now, which is one of the best Sick. on on that album. I think the way the vocals sound when he does the leave him now vocal, yep, is so cool. I will say Dylan Baldy on this album more than I, I think he's been getting progressively more and more this way. He has this like congested sound, yep. Which like honestly, dude, like even though I really like Cloud Nothings, if I'm honest with myself, sometimes I don't love it. Like yeah. I, I know what you mean. I think he's a talented singer, and I really like when he, like, on Leave Him Now near the end, when he's doing, like, oh, oh, he, oh, yep. no! He's yep, really yep. pushing it, like, through the throat. Yep. That's super cool. Yep. But there's times where he's, like, sometimes the way he's singing, it sounds like he has, like, marbles in I, I know what you mean. In his jowls. Do you yeah, know what I'm I, I 100% know what you mean. Does that also sometimes throw you a little? It does. It throws me a little. It does. But it, I don't think it's there enough to make it, like, a thing, but I have noticed it. I just feel like it's the most pronounced on this album. I would agree with that as well. Something about it, whether it's On an Edge being the song that kicks it off, or maybe that almost 11-minute song, Dissolution. Yeah. This one, I think... It feels purposefully the hardest to latch on to um, because I think there was a lot of pop elements on each one of their last records, but this one has been tougher. I got a little bit of a theory for Okay, you lay it on me. Now, excluding Cloud Nothings and this album, Turning On, that I've never heard of, I guess they have another album that I didn't even know existed. This yeah, week. I didn't either. So say we just started Attack on Memory, we exclude Spotify Sessions, we exclude the Waves collab. Sure. Attack on Memory, To Here and uh, Nowhere Else, 
goes kind of, in my mind at least, sort of light dark. Yeah. And I think there's certainly dark, dark moments on Attack on Memory, like particularly sure. No Future, No Past. Yep. And, and Wasted Days in some ways. But here and Nowhere Else is certainly more unrelenting, darker, gloomier. And then I think you follow a similar sort of duality trajectory with Life Without yeah. Sound into Last Burning. Uh, even the album covers, covers. Are, uh, indicate that. Like, because with Attack on Memory, the, uh, like, in Life Without Sound, you get that sort of the dark the look. The coast. And Life Without Sound, more than more than any, looks bright. Yes. That feels like the brightest version yep. of Cloud Nothings we can get. Yep. Especially with, uh, with, with some of the modern act and songs like yep. that. Totally. Last bur- uh, Building Burning is like... I'm not even totally sure what we're looking at on the album cover. It looks to me like the outside of a barn almost with like, I don't even know, or the it's some kind of building. I think that's like the point. And that's how this album feels. It feels like the album cover looks. It's like, it's what's, dark and it's kind of like, it's unclear what's like happening, you know? What's a little disquieting, I would say, as someone who like is following their career and like kind of what where Dylan Baldy sort of seems to be as a person, it felt like maybe there was some clarity that came out of Life Without Sound. It felt to me like right. he had it very... Because there was a lot of songs on there, like, in particular, like, Realize My Fate, which I guess was pretty dark, but, like, I feel like he's become increasingly grim in his outlook yeah. on things. And there were moments yep. on Life Without Sound where I guess I felt like maybe he had found some sort of clarity or something yeah it feels like he's flipped back to dark here i know well hey man 2018 has been a rough year like across the board True i think enough. for like pretty much everybody so you know i'm sure dylan bali is not a uh is not immune to that how crazy is it that life without sound came out in 2017 that doesn't feel real well it came out in so January. early so yeah, yeah it was almost still, two years ago at this point isn't that weird though that like, is crazy it still counts as like i know a year. year i know um Final thought, Jake. Cloud Nothings are actually playing on November 30th at the Sinclair. What do you think that show would be like? I think I would be interested in going. I think I might too. Who's opening? Uh, The Courtney's. I've heard of the Courtney's. I have too. I've never listened, though. And uh, I possibly even did listen to an album. Did you? I remember because, like, the Courtney's. Hold on. Let me look them up here. Interesting. Not interesting. Yeah, that, that could be that could be one to uh, to check out though, because I love the Sinclair. I I have not seen Cloud Nothings. I bet they put on a pulse pounding show. Yeah, dude, and they have uh, they're they're in that camp of like they have a a truly sick drummer. Yeah. Oh my god. And like, dude, a jet engine. Whoever he is, he really is. And that was the first thing that stuck out, especially on on an edge. I was like, damn, like this dude still brings it. Yeah, man, I think I might have listened to this Courtney's 2 album at some point. When did that come out? 2017. Or I listened to a couple songs. Oh, that looks familiar. Yeah, yeah, Dude, yeah. It's, honestly, a lot of those albums kind of blur. Yeah, I know. The ones where I'm just like, oh, yeah, maybe I checked that out. I know. Um, yeah, man. And, like, remember songs on uh, Cloud Nothing? Like, that, there's that instrumental that I love on... Uh, Is it on Attack on Memory? Yeah, what's it called? It's um, Is it, uh, Separation. Separation, yeah. Oh, my um, God. Dude, that album's great, Attack on it's Memory. It's so good. And, like, dude, like, Fall In, Stay Useless. Yep. It's such catchy, catchy Cut songs. Cut You. Yeah, yeah Cut You man. is sick. Ugh, that album's so good. Um, yeah, so I, I think the verdict on this is it's good. I just need more listens. And, hey, I do, like, too. Look... Is that a surprise, given our initial thoughts on Life Without Sound, or even here and nowhere else? Like the only one that's been immediate for me has been Attack on Memory. Yeah. Um. So it's gonna take more listens, but I I'm 
still in. Because Life know. Without Sound last year, over the course of the year, ended up being in my top seven. Yeah, and it wasn't albums. that way to begin with. No. We were both like, eh, I don't know. Wasn't totally feeling it. But yeah, really, really good. Uh, quickly, Jake, well, let's let's hit a few more. Um, new Julia Holter album. So I, I feel like a lot of people actually aren't familiar with Julia Holter. We've talked about her before a couple we, times. Yeah, we have, but... Like her most popular song on Spotify is looks like it's "Feel You" is three point five million listens. That's actually more than I thought. That's um, not bad. That's from her last full length, uh, "Have You in My Wilderness," that came out in two thousand fifteen. One of my favorites of twenty fifteen. Uh, I, I think that was a top ten for both of us. It was, and I actually was thinking when I was listening to this new album, Aviary. Yeah, that I would like to go back and revisit. Dude. Have you in my wilderness? Because I sort of forget it now. Oh, it was, I just listened last week. It's it really is good. so fucking good. And as I, as I recall, it was like it pretty accessible. Yeah, it but is. But still very Julia Holter. Yes, but still. So that's the whole thing about Julia Holter, where it's like she's sort of this like experimental like chamber pop artist. I don't even know how to like exactly describe her. Do you think well, that does it justice? Well, like, here's how Spotify describes it: Sean, Los Angeles-based composer, multi-instrumentalist. Julia Holter blurs the boundaries between indie music, modern composition, and electronic music. Yeah. I say that does it justice. Yep, yep totally. Um, and I feel like uh, that blend there is especially apparent, including the electronic and experimental elements on this aviary yeah. album. This album is an hour and a half long. Yep. Uh, I did listen to it. I've listened once. I kind of liked it. I think. I, it, oh, I like it. It's yeah. definitely a lot. It's a challenge. In terms of just quantity of, of yep. music here. Um, but I think she's doing a lot of interesting things. And some of it is bracing, some of it's challenging. You know, when the fifth song on here is nearly eight minutes, um, every day is an emergency, and it's literally just like a drone, for like a droning sound yep. for eight minutes. It's tough. Um, I will say the first track, Turn the Light On, is very cool. I Shall Love too is really cool. There's awesome stuff on here. And like any other Julia Holter, it's just how much effort are you going to put into it? And are you going to get to a place where you yep. break through? Because I know this is really good in the same way that I know all of her other stuff is good. Like, Have You in My Wilderness was very much accessible. Yeah. More so, than, in my opinion, than Loud City Song or Ecstasis. Both good albums, both more in that experimental camp where yep. she's just doing soundscapes and different shit on there have you in my wilderness is a much more just like straightforward songs album than anything else i've heard by her yeah it felt like a real like a, a true sort of like songwriting album. exactly yeah. um and it's still it definitely holds up give that a listen but avery a, a very I don't even know how you is pronounce it. Is it aviary? That. Aviary. I think it has to do with like birds. Okay, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Fifteen songs, hour and a half. Um, it's just there's been so much other stuff lately, Jake. Like I couldn't even put a lot of time into that Cloud Nothings album. Eight right. songs, thirty five minutes. You know, I tried to give this like my third listen today, and I started the first song, and I was just like, I'm at work. Like it's long. I can't. I can't do this right now. You know, and yeah. and I want to put the time in with it. It's just. It's hard. Yep. It's I, hard. I, I know exactly what you mean, and I think that it will be more of a challenge just due to its length. The I want to say as a note, this, the last track on here, Why Sad Song, Yeah, I 
honestly, it sounds so much like a Julia Holter track name. Yeah. That I was convinced I had seen it on another right. album before. I looked around, I don't think I had. <laughs> right, right, right. But I was just like, oh, that she's already done that song, right? Why Sad Song? Like, that's a song by her. Right. Couldn't, couldn't find it, so couldn't confirm. But, like, I just thought that was funny that I was like... I was like, oh, did she have one called, like, Why Happy Song before? <laughs> right, right, Or right. something, like, that I didn't it's remember. It's so true, though. It's so true. It is true. Uh, uh, let's hit... Oh, Jake, here's one that we missed from, from a couple weeks ago as yeah. well. Is this new Empress Of album, yes. Us. Now, this got a lower score on Pitchfork than I anticipated. It got in the sixes, right? It got especially a six something. Six eight, I think. Six point eight. Four. That's, actually, that's not terrible. No, it's not great though. Especially no, it's not. given it's a, it's a statement too, because they've been banging the Empress of Drum Hard. Since since her first album Me. Yeah. Um this one's called Us. Do you think no is do you think her artist's name, her moniker Empress of and the album name is supposed to like like Empress of Us, Empress of Me. Oh, Dude, that's supposed to be a thing. I didn't. I never thought of it that way, but I could totally see that. So I was shocked with this too because I listened to it before I saw any reviews. I did too. I was down with it. I listened to it a few times before any reviews came out. I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be a best new music. This is like a this is a really good album." I'm not gonna lie. Ever since I saw that review, I'm like, "Oh, am I like?" dumb for liking this no that's so that's no that's what pitchfork does man yeah well pitchfork like Fuck again the, the the that's the double-edged sword that they are because they can be interesting and they can write really good reviews and they can provide you know insight into bands you might not have heard of but they can also make you feel like a dumbass for exactly. liking something it's like oh i i took a chance on empress of when you gave her a best new music three years ago and now you're gonna like pull the rug out from exactly like what the fuck guys? it's like it's like an investment here's the thing though the, like I, I really like the song trust me baby i really like that last song again yeah I think that's really cool there's cool songs throughout i and- love the song love for me i want to know if you got love for me yeah, yeah, yeah i love that song um the the single when i'm with him is one of the best songs of the year in my opinion i also really love i don't even smoke weed that's yeah. a good song um Really, really good stuff on here. I'm impressed overall, Jake. I'm. This is, and it's nice too because it's ten songs. It's thirty two minutes. Even if you don't, you know, if you're not super committed, it's only a half hour. I'll tell you this. What's interesting is that you know I listened to that album me a couple years ago when it came out, yeah. and uh, I'm sure it is great. I it never jumped out at me. This one did immediately. Yeah, and and I think where some of the self consciousness might come in is like. I think what Pitchfork did is they were like, oh, it's like a bunch of pop tropes. And yeah, I was that like, was their criticism where they're like, it's too much pop. It's yeah. like, well, what, what's the right amount, guys? Because right. you loved this Lord album and you've been banging like the Carly Rae Jepsen drum too. Yeah. Like, what the fuck do you want from me, guys? You know who else's drum they banged is, is Robin. Oh my who, god, okay. Who came out with Look, her new album, Honey. Can we talk about Honey for a second? Yeah, okay. So I've listened a couple times. Yeah. Here's my take. Um... I, I definitely think a lot of the songs are really good. It it doesn't necessarily... I, I don't lose my mind over the There's album. one good song on it. I think there's more than one good there's song There's two on good it. songs on it, maybe. No, there's more than that, but it does, I'm just Look, not losing I, I'm, my mind I, when I, I listen I, to it. Robin, it's unfair. It's unfair that Robin's caught up in this conversation right now, because what I'm doing... You've got a bone to pick. I have a bone to pick with Pitchfork. Yep. And the way that they... Elevate, You're hot to trot. I'm hot to trot on on this bullshit that Pitchfork does. They elevate certain artists above others for really no good reason. Jake, let me ask you this. Pitchfork or no Pitchfork, what was more enjoyable to you after two listens? Honey by Robin or Us by Empress of? Empress of. Okay. Was. Exactly. Was. And I, I got I to gotta say, 
that um you know um dancing on my own is a song that mary kate amazing will, will bop around the amazing. house to i like it and when i saw like i like first of all a couple things i like the album art for yep. honey i like the album name honey yep. i like robin as a pop star generally knowing that song and a couple others i'm sure and I was like, this is going to be great because I'm more in on pop than I ever have been, at least in terms of like my willingness to say yeah. I am. And as much as I'm willing to seek out a pop album. Yep. Uh, but I can't say that there's that much on it where I'm like, oh, damn, like I can't wait no. to listen to that song again. So on Body Talk that came out in 2010, two amazing songs in uh, Dancing on My Own and Call Your Girlfriend. Those are two of the best pop songs of the decade. Um, I think the song... Miss You, Missing You is good. Yep. Um, I think there's a couple other ones on here that I'm like, okay, I, I like the vibe. I like what you're doing. I can't say that like the the songwriting, the melodies, the hooks are totally jumping out to me. I haven't felt like they really have... This feels more like vibe than anything. Yeah, and I haven't felt like they really have stuck out to That's me what I'm that saying. much either. I don't understand. And did you did you happen to listen to the new Stephen Hyden Celebration Rock no. podcast? Okay. Oh, I'm like 15 episodes Dude, behind. this is the first one I listened to in a while. It was actually really good. They talked about October albums. They talked about Kurt Vile, Pine Grove. They had a, a good conversation That's about Pine Grove. That's what I'm looking Grove. forward to. And they talked about Cat Power. Then at the end, he's like, hey, any other albums that you want to champion? And the writer, who actually wrote the Pitchfork review of Honey, is like, you know, this Robin album just is about, like, living life. And, you know, life gets you down, but you but you stay fighting. And, you know, me and a lot of my friends really just, like, we, we love Robin right now. And Stephen Hyden's like, why? He's like, yeah, so t I don't know about robin he's like tell me and i appreciate it because sometimes it bothers me when he's like i don't know about this i'm like dude you should know about fucking like kendrick uh, lamar uh, he, and then other I, I like when steven because steven knows like every band but right. i always kind of like when it'll be like a pop singer or a rapper or a rapper and he'll just be like yeah i don't listen to them. exactly i've never heard them and i appreciated him being like yeah i don't i don't know about this and she was saying all these things that i was like this reads like bullshit yeah. Like, I don't buy any of the stuff you're saying about Robin. Obviously, certain people feel the way, feel a certain way about her. I don't. It's, I don't think this music's necessarily for us. We come back to that a lot, Jake, especially with certain rap albums that we don't totally connect with. I don't know that Honey is for us. I, I will say this. I'm going to give but it But neither another... is, neither is us by Empress of necessarily. And no. I, I really like that. No, I, I will say I'm going to, I'm going to give this Robin album another chance. Okay. Um, because I, I feel like there's, there's bit dribs and drabs that I liked enough throughout to, to sort of bring me back. And honestly, a lot of it's just aesthetic and the fact that I want to like it, which, which Sean, you've admitted many times is no small factor. It's, it's not a like, small factor. It's kind of like with like albums that you buy. I didn't buy I it, but it's like, I, for some reason I just like want to like this album. I know. So I feel like I'm going to kind of make myself. You can't, and you can do that. We'll see. I have gotten better about at least in the case of Pitchfork, just being like, nah, like you say this is great. I'm going to not convince myself that it is. I'm just going to say it's overrated. Well, I, I think for me, it's more like, I kind of want to like Robin because I feel yeah. like she's this, this she this is icon. Yeah, I know this interesting, like everyone seems to describe her as this sort of idiosyncratic, know. you know, pop star who very much is like pop for pop's sake. But yeah. like, does it in an interesting way. I find that compelling. This album wasn't that interesting, though. That's what no, I'm saying. I, I, I think that the most interesting thing, and, the, and this is, take this for what you will, 
is I think that there's a lot of very cool synth sounds on this. There are, but like, haven't people been doing this for fucking 30 years yeah, now? I, and I get that it's like, oh, she's channeling like this Madonna 80s synth yep. pop vibe. But it's like, vibe only takes you so far. Yeah. Where the fuck are the songs? Well, and again, like I said, I, I wasn't overly i wasn't bowled over yeah. by anything i heard here and i'm not i'm not challenging you jake i this is me challenging like you the pitchforks of the world to be right. like to show me what's like a a great song on here show me one song on here that's better than uh when i'm with him from that empress of album i don't think you can well, yeah, I. It's a matter of perspective. It is. It's all. Yeah, it's all relative. But, but yeah, that's just I know. my. That's my thought on Robin. I, know. I, I, I haven't loved it. I, I, I've, I felt a little amiss as well yeah. on this one. I okay. felt like I okay. don't really totally get the whole because, I, again, I, I was coming in clean and I was like, oh, this is perfect. This yep. will be a launching point for me with Robin. I was like, I can like figure it out yep. with this album yep. because it's getting great reviews. It's gonna be great. I'm gonna really love it. And I thought I, so too. I can backtrack and see what else I like from her career. And I listened once. I listened twice. And I was like, ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I can dig it. Like, but it's not amazing. And maybe she is someone who, for who she is and what she represents, is getting a, that that boost that we. That's talk what about. I'm saying. And Pitchfork does that more than anybody. And, and I, it, though you'd think Empress would get that boost. Me, it, that, and that's what I'm saying. This is the whole argument. It kills me that they're knocking Empress of. For for playing in pop pastiche, but they're not doing that to Robin. That makes no fucking sense. Well, yeah, I yeah. that doesn't make any sense. It actually like annoys me more in this moment now than it has like at all this week. And we're capturing it live on mic. This is that that's like a I genuine reaction. Fuck you, Pitchfork. Uh, they are annoying in many ways. That wraps up hot thoughts for us, Jake. We did not have any other segments due to the fact that like you know we're trying to carve out a life for ourselves and like start new jobs and move and all these other things um release radar though quickly this week this is a whole lot of nothing this week slim pickings oh wait wait sean i have a question for you yes did you listen to any of that greta van fleet because we uh, listened to uh, a few tracks together no i did not i got a 1.6 from pitchfork do it do it see that's where i'm like hey pitchfork doing the lord's work <laughs> you know? that was hilarious I, and it was really of, funny and, and much appreciated even yep. though to be frank, when I listened to a few songs, I was like, ah, is it that bad, though? Like, right. Now, the ones that we listened to together, um, were those from the new album? Yeah, one was okay. pretty cool. Yeah, it was Definitely fine. some others that were not Shit. Right, that were pretty not yeah. interesting. Uh, to be honest, I don't think we're missing much. No, I don't either. Yeah. I don't either. Uh, so... Just wanted to close the loop, Sean. No, I appreciate. Hey, I, hey, I appreciate discussion. you circling back on that, my friend. Uh, Jake didn't want to do a deep dive. Release, yet. release radar. Uh, hey, hey, we have a, a another Migos solo album. This one is from Takeoff, uh, not Quavo or who's the other one? Offset. Offset. Who's the coolest name out of them? Takeoff. Offset. Offset or yeah. Quavo. Offset. Takeoff is trying too hard. Quavo. Quavo's cool. It's cool, but it's not Offset's the, the best, though. But but it's not the kind of cool I like. Hey, and Cardi put the pussy on Offset. So you can't argue with don't that. Don't forget that. Sean. You can't argue with uh, that. We also have um, Spencer Krug from uh, blanking on the name Wolf Parade. One of I, I almost just said. Do you want to know what I almost just what said? What was that? Cloud Mother, which is not a band. <laughs> that's that's your new band name, Cloud Mother. Cloud Mother. Um, yeah, Moonface is his solo project that he's been putting out records under the last, uh, five-ish, 
six years, whatever, uh, putting out the last one of that project this Friday. This one's for the dancer, and this one's for the dancer's bouquet. Interesting album name. Uh, and then the other one, Jake, another Sun Kill Moon album Offering. called This Is My Dinner. Now, given the direction that Mark Kozelik has taken ever since Benji came out, and maybe just ever since he started writing songs, I would not be surprised if this is an album of him literally singing about what he has eaten for dinner every night. Over the last year, <laughs> right, dude. I'm supposed to not have much salt, but I've been eating extra salt on my my potatoes ever since I grew up in Ohio. I <laughs> ate salt on my potatoes, and I like ketchup, and I don't care what anybody says. I vote for Democrats, but I'm kind of conservative in my own way, and I'm playing my guitar. Cause that's just life. Yeah, it's just life, man. And like, if you you know, I, Father John Misty ain't for me. I don't like the whole indie music thing, man. But Ben's my friend. Ben's my friend. I have lots of friends. I got lots of friends in Sweden. I got lots of friends in fucking Copenhagen. Ooh, like Dude, I think. Oh, is that we, everybody? That was an advanced preview of the new Sun Kill Moon album. We got it. We got an advanced uh, uh, yeah, copy sent. We did. To us. Oh, oh, Jake. Actually, there's a new Tenacious D uh, album, Post Apocalypto. I'm gonna check that out. I like will probably listen. To I probably it. won't just because I never listened to like any of their other stuff in full. I, the only one I did was Pick of Destiny, which I actually loved. So that is like only one of two full albums. Yeah, by that's them, man. true. So maybe yeah, yeah. See, I I feel like I'm like way behind with Tenacious D. Uh, you know what the other big gap for me too that I realized that the wedding Jake is um, Monty Python. No, uh, the I'm on a boat, people. Oh, Lonely Island. Lonely Island. Yeah, yeah. yeah, everyone was like, I'm on a boat. And I was like, I know, like, that line, and that's, and that's it. it. <laughs> yeah. Lonely Island is really, really fun. I know, I know, I know, I know. And, like, they were, they were, they were definitely caught up in a popularity thing, which... Yeah. a if zeitgeist. I, if I were in your shoes, Sean, and that song came on and I didn't know it and everyone else knew it... My attitude immediately, even if I didn't like to admit it, would be "fuck this song." I oh, I was like, "This isn't as good or as funny as everyone thinks it is," and it definitely like is funnier than than you think. <laughs> no, I know, it's and that's because so I was having all those thoughts in my yeah. head while I was like sort of dancing to it. I was like, "I'm like not having fun right now. I'm gonna go get another drink." If I, if I had been you, I would have been like mad. Oh yeah, I was like, "Fuck!" I wish this wasn't on. Because it was towards the end of the night. I was like, we only have a finite amount of songs left. And this is one I don't really know. Yeah. So, right. bummer. Um, well, I had a blast and that's all that that's Great, bad. great wedding. That's all that's very, material. Very fun. Um, that about does it for this week's episode. Uh, we'll be back next week. Maybe we'll actually have some time to plan some segments, Jake. That would be nice. And I think we should uh, we should make a point to do that. I agree. We should. You know I what agree. we could have done tonight, What's Sean, is, is like something about wedding music. Yeah, we still could. We could. I don't know what we'd think of in the time. In we, the, yeah. You could do a Mount Rushmore like between us of, of, of songs that you like to hear at a wedding or that come on at a wedding. You know, here's the thing. Um, all of the ones that are super popular, I now am so sick of. Yeah. Popular wedding songs at this point I are not favorites of mine anymore. No, me neither. And I like hearing stuff. You know what I, I was happy to hear, even though it gets played at weddings all the time, was Twist and Shout. That is that would make it for mine. I always do appreciate that because it gets a gen, all generations it does, going, man. It does. And like it's it's. I agree, dude. You know, for all it's worth, like that's a song that was put out in 1963. Yeah, it still fucks. It does it very much. Awesome. So very much. 
Um, yeah, I, like I'm so sick of Bruno Mars. I'm so sick of like can't stop the feeling. I dude, I I can't do those anymore, man. Yeah, I, so Uptown Funk, even I'm tired of. Yeah, like I'll sing and dance to it when it's on. It's a good song, but like fuck off with yeah. that, you know. Anyways, uh, that's the show. We'll be back next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone. First thing on the pod. <laughs> Was it? That's the first thing we recorded on oh, the... Oh, hell yeah. So, uh... Um, isn't there, like, a new Aladdin movie coming? There is, and it has an all, like, Middle Eastern cast. Oh. Which will be cool. It's live action. So Riz Ahmed is the star? No, he's not in it. Uh, he might be in it, but okay. he's not Aladdin. He's he, the monkey. Uh, Abu? Abu. You mean? Yeah. Um, no. I don't think so. <laughs> no. Uh... I don't think that a live-action Aladdin is, A, needed, or B, I didn't come up with a B before I started talking. I just like structuring sentences in that I way. do, too. I do it all the time. I do it, one, often, <laughs> and two, to make a point. Uh, what's the what's the tiger's name? Um, Raja. Raja. I love the way, uh, what's her name? Jasmine. Says Jasmine says Raja. Okay, dude. She Okay, she says it that way. Jasmine and some of the other Disney princesses yep. are cartoons. Yep. A. A. B. Way over sexualized. Oh my God. And like are hot. Yes. Which is what's unfortunate. Yes. Is that I don't like, want to be watching a kid's cartoon no. and like, dude, the way Jasmine is dressed is dude, fucking she's ridiculous. wearing like a. Uh, like a rubber band around her, like yeah, bosom this this area. just floating. Yeah, and she's the she's the perfect dude. Like hourglass. Um, like no human being on earth looks the way she does. And her fucking she has those pants with like no yes. waistband, and it's just kind of floating along yes. her hips. It's like dude, dude, very hippie, very very a lot of she's stomach. Like, oh Aladdin, like you, how could you possibly fall in love with me? It's, it's like, like whoa, look what I mean. Wear what you want, but like in Aladdin too, dude. Aladdin is like he's oh, ripped. I'm just this street rat with a perfect white smile. Yeah, and dude. Like, I'm, uh, actually, I think this is like the second time in as many podcasts we've talked about Aladdin's just one white bar, one white bar. Yeah, which tooth. you were a little too adamantly defending last time, as I recall. Yeah, I was, and I will say, I will still defend it when you're drawing a cartoon. Like you're not worried about tooth definition jake no that's fair spongebob had teeth that were well, defined that's two uh, buck teeth yeah true also uh, like any of those characters do like esmeralda the fucking way gypsy. over sexual esmeralda the gypsy was uh like that was the most sexual didn't she get like assaulted by soldiers i i think so <laughs> like what i think so and also dude like there's a song in that about about judge claude frollo um, guy's a creep. Being in lust with her. In lust, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He is, and he sings that song Hellfire about how, like, he, like, dude, he basically, like, his whole thing is, like, he wants to kill her and the gypsies because of his, like, his complex 
emotional combination of lust and guilt and shame that combines that dude that's some dude, heavy shit that really is hunchback of notre dame is by far the darkest and has the most to teach you i think I really, of any of those i really like that movie i do too jason alexander plays one of the uh the gargoyle oh, one of one of, Qua- right. one of quasimodo's gargoyle buddies i'm like wow dude maybe uh, get out of the bell tower every once in a while you know <laughs> you're, you're talking to these stone figures well, they're dude, not real he's a recluse man he's afraid of the he's public. a freak is what he is Jake. well that's what everyone tells him except sean they're not wrong <laughs> The beautiful Esmeralda, who sees what's... The beautiful And that's the, that's the duality of it uh, yeah, there. Duality is that yeah. She's beautiful, but has been cast out for one reason, mm. her ethnicity. He has been cast out for his deformity. That's true. That's and you know, true. they have their, their, their yin and yang. That's I think in the point. end, she doesn't even fall in love with him. I think she ends up with Phoebus, that hunk fucking soldier. Yeah, but like either he dies or she dies. I don't remember. One of them dies. That, no, he dies. Quasimodo? No, 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 no. The soldier. Phoebus? Yeah. Captain Phoebus? Who he, I, di- he dies, man. I, I was. I just remember because I was talking with Mary-Kate the other day about like what were some of my Halloween costumes when yeah. I was a kid. I forgot. I was Phoebus. Did was... you have the, like, the helmet? Yeah, the, the helmet. Dude, and then I, re- I think I did too. Did you get it at the Disney store in the mall? I don't remember where. That's where I got mine. My mom probably just bought it. I don't remember where I got it. Um, I repurposed it for... You might remember, I think it was in first or second grade, we had to dress up as a saint. Oh, were you a Roman centurion, I was. Jake? I was St. George, oh. who, who wore the the, 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 the the plate armor. That makes sense. Yeah, okay. and I just okay. reused the we Phoebus costume. Nice. nice. What were some of your Halloween costumes uh, when you were a kid? Do you remember that? I was a football player more than a few times. Um, I was a cowboy okay. uh, pretty early on. I had this nice, um, like cow like it was it was like this cow vest basically you know cowboys would wear vests yeah this one was a cowboy vest but it was made it like looked like cow hide it was really just like wool yeah, yeah. Uh, but it looked like that um had a six shooter as well that was my favorite part of it um it would have been any kid's favorite part. yeah if your uh, favorite part was is darth the- vader yep um was I'm trying to think of like, yeah, it was some variation of all of those. Yeah. I was at different times Darth Vader. I was Darth Maul. Ooh. I was Captain Phoebus. I was Sherlock Holmes. Ooh, that's a good one. One year, my brother and I were actually so the year I was Darth Maul, he was Obi Wan Kenobi. That's nice. Yeah. Um, and I was one year Dumbledore, and he was Harry. Oh, and he looked the part of Harry. Cause oh, he has, I did like a Harry Potter as well. He's yeah, a, he was yeah. a little kid. Yeah, and he had like the spiky yep. dark hair. Yeah, and he had like green eyes, and he had the fucking. He, they drew on the. Yeah. we gave him an actual. He got a vada cadavra. Yeah, yep, yep, and he survived because wow. of my mother's that love. Was quite a risk to take. Um. Yeah, I mean it's an incantation that doesn't work. In the real world. Well, you need a wand and you need to really mean it. And have so magical abilities it which don't exist. Um, and uh, I also, when I got older, I remember my last couple costumes when I was 12. I think yeah. I was like a killer clown. Ooh. And then the last year I went, I was either 13 or 14 with my friend uh, Greg. And we mm-hmm. went as I, I wore, a, like, I just put on a fucking clown wig. Yeah. And just a Patriots jersey, and I was yes. like, I'm a sports fan. Yeah, and we went around, 
And we got like more than a few comments of like, you guys are too old for this. Yeah. Which, which we knew. That happened to me. I think it was his freshman year of high school. It's embarrassing. Matt and I went with Becky and Talia, who were juniors in high school at the time. Why can't you keep going as a high schooler? I think you should be allowed to. Trick or treating is fun. It's playing more fun then. I agree. And it's like a wholesome activity. Um,. I think you should still be allowed. I did a similar costume, though, where I was... I wore my LeBron James Cleveland Cavaliers jersey that I used to have. Um, and then I put on... You know, like, those basketball, like, rubber mask things? Yeah, like, for a broken nose? Yeah, uh, no, 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 no. It was, like, a literal basketball. Oh. That you just, like, put over your head. And then there was little <laughs> eye holes. I was just like, I'm, like, basketball. Like, okay. you know? Because it was, like, all I had. And you're, like, 6'1". Yeah, yeah. So it was, like, that was, like, my last time going. Uh, speaking of sports jerseys, Jake, I had some awesome ones when I was a kid. I had a purple Randy Moss 84 Vikings jersey. That's sick. I had a black Kevin Garnett Timberwolves 21 jersey. Did you ever wear that when he went to the Celtics? I think it was too small at that point. Uh, I had a black, old-school Atlanta Falcons Michael Vick jersey, pre-dog stuff. Uh, Like, very early on Michael Vick. I loved Michael Vick ever since Virginia Tech. Yeah, um, those were my favorites. Those were awesome. My favorites that I owned, I had a Paul Pierce classic. I had uh, Ricky Davis. Oh, man. See, I feel like Not you, classic. when I was a kid, I weirdly didn't really, I didn't have like hometown sports Here was my jerseys. personal favorite jersey I had, my crown jewel, yeah, shot, yeah. you might say. Like the wrestling event in Saudi Arabia that WWE should pull Dude, out of. Dude, what's up with Saudi Arabia lately? We'll get to that after. What was your favorite? They're they're killing journalists. There's no yeah. two things about it. Yeah. Uh, because it's like a state-run regime, and Yikes. like that dude just controls the information. Um, I had a Priest Holmes jersey. Oh. Red, Chiefs red. Yeah, that's sick, nice. Dude. That's really cool. It was one of my favorites. That's I'm cool. trying to remember if I had others. I eventually got a Brewski jersey, yep. but I stopped wearing it when they lost Super Bowl Forty Two. Yeah. Yeah, I wore it during that game. Yep, and I never wore it again. I had a blue Tom Brady when I was That's younger. Classic, classic. Dude, you can't go wrong and then that. I, then as I got a little older, when I was in high school, I was like, I want a Patriots jersey, but I stupidly was like, I don't want Brady though. That's like too. Well, that's what I used to think too. Anyway, so I got a Welker. And then I was uh, like, like, that. I just wish I had a Brady. I got a white Welker. The white's cool. Yeah, but like, come on, bad decision. Do you still by have me. it? Uh, I think Becky, my sister, borrowed it for a Halloween costume once and like never gave it back or something. I don't remember. I was very disappointed when I found out I no longer have my Ricky Davis jersey. I yeah, very much I intended. Remember we talked about it a couple years ago. I very much intended to wear it to that Celtics yeah, game I, know. I went to because people know. like from the front they'd be like, "Hey, it's Rozier." No, Ricky Davis. Yeah, who was like a flash in the pan at the at best. Yes, on the Celtics. Yes, like in general. Was, yeah, like yeah. Kind of just a truly a flashy player. Yeah. Who I think was our first bonding a, thing. A product of that era, for sure. When we were in sixth grade, we used to talk about mm-hmm. Ricky Davis. Mm-hmm. We still are. We- <laughs> <laughs> We've come a long way. Jake, we are right now. <laughs> uh, all right, Jake, you want to dive into this episode? Let me get one more sip. Okay. Okay. Um, Savor it. <laughs> yes. Okay. Ready? Three, two, one.